Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 18. Listen, God's not finished yet, okay? One of the struggles of, or not a struggle, but one of the serious things about the responsibilities of the pastor or the, the lead minister is to follow the heart of God. Not what I want, not what anybody else wants, but God, what do you want? Lord, what are you desiring to do today? Because in any given service, there are people that are in the congregation that God has specific words for. And sometimes it comes through the singing, sometimes it comes through the praying, sometimes it comes through the word being preached or spoken. So we have to be sensitive to what God wants. And I, and I, appreciate, I appreciate those that, that uh, have word. I, I appreciate those that the Lord speaks to you and, and, and gives you words and, and things like that. So, uh, so anyway, Luke 18, verse 18. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes this morning on the power of one thing. The power of one thing. And a ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, All these I have kept from my youth. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. And Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Father, we love you. We thank you that your word is alive. Thank you that your word is powerful. So, Father, today we thank you that you will quicken us by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Have you ever spent time packing for a trip? Ladies, ladies usually take, I know with my house, if we go on vacation, my wife usually starts packing about a week ahead of time. I come in in about 15 minutes, I got everything I need, and I'm ready to go. 
Judy is still packing when we get in the car driving out the driveway. But have you ever spent time and, and thought and laid your stuff out and all that and, and packed for a trip only to get to your destination? And there's one thing that you forgot to pack. And there will forget several years ago, I, I went down to Miami to speak uh, for Brother uh, Nathaniel Sweeting. And, and I got down there, and I had packed all my clothes and, and everything. And, and I got up that Sunday morning and was preparing to get ready to go to the church. The, the driver was going to pick me up uh, in, in just a little while, and I got all my stuff laid out, got me a shower, got air, got all cleaned up, spiffed up, went in and got my suit out, to, uh, out of the closet, and, and I'm not going to go through the details about all of it, but you know what I mean. Got all of it out, and I got to looking for my shirt. I had my socks, my belt, my pants, my coat, my tie, but I did not pack a shirt. And I did not have any color shirt in my luggage that would go with my suit. Need to say, I panicked for just a second. But I remembered there was a belt right next door to the hotel. So I was standing at the front door at 9 a.m. that Sunday morning. And when they unlocked the door, I ran in, got a shirt, ran back to the hotel, and the driver was waiting on me when I got back. You see, Life, many times, is all about that one thing. It doesn't matter if you're packing to go on a trip. It doesn't matter if you're going on vacation. It doesn't matter what it is. It seems like that our life is always about one thing. We can get a lot of stuff, but there's always one thing. We can get a lot of money in the bank, but there's still one thing. We can get a lot of toys, but there's still one thing. We can have a lot of friends, but there's still something that's missing. It's about that one thing. And listen, that one thing has so much power in our lives many times. Remember years ago, uh, my family, my children, and, and, and uh, everybody uh, all I heard was, we want a pool. We want, we want a swimming pool. So I went out to Walmart, and I got a swimming pool. And I brought it home, and I put it in the backyard. And about three days later, that pool's not big enough. I can't hardly even go underwater in it, Daddy. And then daddy, or, or then the message got to mama, and mama said to daddy, 
You wasted your money on that. So I went back to Walmart, and I got a bigger pool that was deeper, and I brought it home. This time, it took about a week to get it set up. Got it set up, and everybody was happy. Everybody was jumping for joy, swimming in that pool. About three weeks later, this pool's not big enough. You wasted your money. I didn't listen to them for about two years. And then the pressure got so intense that it started to get to daddy. And daddy's eyes began to twitch every time the word pool was brought up. I started having jerks and all that. And it went on for a few more years, and it was all I heard. So what did Daddy do? Daddy got another pool. This time it was an in-ground pool. This time it was a lot of money. Daddy said, surely everybody's going to be happy with me. And they were for about three or four years. Everything was good. Can you help me clean the pool? No, Daddy, we don't have time. Okay, I'll, I'll get it. And for about three or four years, everybody was happy. And then the kids wanted to go somewhere else and swim. Why don't you stay here and swim? Well, because their pool is better. Then the wife wants to go to the beach. Why can't we stay here? There's no sand here. We can sit out and, and we don't have to worry about sand and we don't have to worry about a lack of clothes. Well, we've got to get away. You see, what I'm saying is this that there's always one thing that's not right, always one thing that's lacking. You build a single-story house with two bedrooms, and before you get it built, you're going to say, I wish we had one more bedroom. You put two bathrooms in a three-bedroom house, and before you get it built, you say, I wish that we had put three bathrooms are you understanding what I'm saying? I want you to understand this morning that life down here is always, there's always something better. Somebody said the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And so we're always looking for better. This young man that came to Jesus that day said, Good master or good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked at him and said, No one is good except God alone. And uh, he said, Why do you call me good? 
because no one is good except God. And so at that moment, what Jesus was saying was this, I see that you already recognize that, that, that there is something about me that has drawn you to me. In other words, Jesus looked at this rich young ruler and said, uh, he said, you come to me today and you call me good, and I say there's none good but God. And so what Jesus was saying was, I'm God. There's something about me that has drawn you to me. There's, there's something about the quality of my life or the character of who I am that has caused you to recognize there's something in your life that's lacking, and you see what's lacking in my life. Can I say that again? Jesus looked at this young man that, that was a wealthy person, and what Jesus and what we don't see in Scripture, and this is what I believe, I believe that when Jesus said there's none good but God, I believe that Jesus was saying I am God. I am, I am everything that you need. I am all that you need. But I believe that what Jesus was saying to this young man is that there's something that you have been looking for that you've not been able to find anywhere else. And something about when I walked by and you saw my life, you heard my words, and you saw my lifestyle, there is something about me that you have looked at and said, I want that that he possesses because all of my wealth and riches has not got that in my life. And so he came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? If you look at that word eternal, many times we think about eternal and we think about heaven and all of that. But if you look at that word eternal, what he was saying was, he was talking about a quality of life. He was talking about the quality of life that he saw in Christ. Notice what Jesus said. He said, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. I want you to notice something here, and I want you to remember that question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Because our culture today, all of us in here at one time or another say, you know what, I don't need to eat that because I know that eating that will produce bad things in my life. Or I need to exercise because exercise is good for the body. Did you know that today the elites in our world are spending millions and millions and millions of dollars trying to figure out how to prolong life and how to add to the longevity of life. And they've gotten to the place to where they think that they have the opportunity 
that man can live between 125 and 150 years. Now, unless you and I have millions in the bank, we won't ever have to worry about that. But they're working and spending millions of dollars trying to figure out how that they can, they can rework the genetics of man that would cause them to live forever. We know that that's not possible. But that's what man is wanting to do. We work on our bodies to try to fine-tune them to get another mile out of them. Maybe I can get another year. Maybe I can get another week. Or, and we work to try to exercise and keep ourselves looking real fit and trim and all that. Trying to prolong our life. This man said, God, what must I do? Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus began to quote some of the Ten Commandments. Those of you that were here Wednesday night, I gave you a copy of the Ten Commandments. If you look at those Ten Commandments, you can find them in Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter 20. If you look at the the Ten Commandments, you will find that the first five commandments deal with your relationship with God. The first five commandments shall have no other gods before me. Don't make any graven images. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. They deal with your relationship with God. And the, and the second five commandments deal with your relationship with your fellow man. I thought it was kind of strange that when this man asked Jesus this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I thought it kind of weird that Jesus didn't look at him and say, repent of your sins. Confess your sins and and find forgiveness and, and you will be saved. Jesus didn't look at him and say, you're a sinner. You're on your way to hell. You got a God-shaped hole in your life. You need to repent. Jesus didn't do that. But Jesus looked at him and said, you know the commandments, don't commit adultery and and all of these. And he was talking about his relationship with man. And the young man looked at Jesus and said, Lord, you know, I've done all of these from my youth. In other words, I've, I've not committed adultery, I've not murdered The Bible says if you look at a a person, uh, uh, what you do in your heart is just as bad as what you do physically. So you can kill somebody with your words. 
But he said, I've not stolen, I've not bore false witness, and I've honored my father and my mother. And he said, I've, I've kept all of these things from my youth. So in other words, what Jesus was doing was he was bringing this young man to a place of recognition that there was something that was missing in his life. This young man said, I've not committed adultery. I've not, not murdered. I've not done these things. In other words, he was saying, I've been a good person. I'm a good person. I've got good morals. I've never cheated or defrauded anybody. I've always honored my father and mother. I'm a good person. If, if, if you were to see him walking down the road or down the street, or in Walmart, you would say there's a good man there. He's a good person. I've never heard anything bad come out of his mouth. I've never seen him mistreat anybody. He's a good person. And everybody would probably admire the fact that he was a good person because of his character and his integrity. But yet that good person recognized that there was something that was missing in his life. Can I tell you something this morning, my friend? There's a lot of good people that are walking around and there are a lot of good people that are in this building this morning, but yet there is something in your life that is not right. There is something in your life that is missing. Yeah, you got it all together on the outside and you look good on the outside and everybody says what a good person you are, but when you lay down in bed at night, there is something that is missing on the inside of you. You got it all together out here, but on the inside, on the inside, there is something that is missing. Listen, my good is not good enough for him. My good doesn't always meet the standards of heaven. We're in a culture today where everybody that dies goes to heaven. Everybody that dies was really a good person, and I understand that. But can I tell you something? Not everybody that takes their last breath here on this earth goes to heaven. Not everybody that walks in a church on Sunday morning and dies goes to heaven. Not everybody that totes a Bible goes to heaven. Not everybody that's a member of a certain church goes to heaven. Not everybody that talks good, that lives a good life, that walks a good walk, and all of that goes to heaven. And I know this might be kind of uh, going against where we've been going in the service. But my responsibility and my assignment this morning 
is to prepare you to to walk in a place with God that you've not walked before. And I'm talking to somebody here this morning that you you live a good life. You you you've got it all together. God has blessed you. You've got a nice home. You got a nice car. You got a nice family. You're a nice husband or a nice wife. You haven't committed adultery. You haven't murdered anybody. You haven't lied about anything and all that. And and you even honest on your taxes and all of that. That to me, that's a big deal right there. But but you got it all together. Maybe you've been in church for years and years. Maybe you've been a member of a church for years and years. But there is something that is missing in your life. There is something that is absent in your life. And when you get around the presence of the Lord, there is something that begins to tug on your heart. There's something that begins to move in your spirit, and you begin to ask yourself the question, am I really experiencing all there is to life? I've talked with people that have been in churches for years and years. And all of a sudden, one one service, they have an encounter with God that radically changes their life. And they say, you know what, Pastor? I've been in church for years and years, but I never knew that God could change my life like he changed me today. Jesus looked at this young man and there was still something that was missing in his life. And Jesus looked at him and said, there's still one thing that you lack. The religious mind would say, but Lord, I've done all these commandments In relation to my fellow man, I've done all these commandments. I followed all of them. You see, Jesus has got a way of revealing the contents of mine in your heart. See, he's got a way that when we don't even expect it, Holy Spirit will reveal the contents of my heart. See, that's pretty cool about him because I can be sitting there with a smile on my face and everybody around me think I'm happy and Holy Spirit will say, there's something missing in you. See, I can be in a crowd, and everybody thinks I've got it all together. Teenagers, listen to me. 
And listen, you guys, and they're saying, he's fixing to embarrass us. I'm not going to embarrass you. For these, it stops there. Oh. These, you guys are awesome. Setting up here on the front like this. I applaud you. That is awesome. That is awesome. But you see, teenagers, none of these up here, but teenagers spend a lot of time trying to portray an image. They've got to keep up a certain image. Some of y'all adults like that. That's the reason when you're at home, you're like this. And when you're walking down the street, you're like this. And when you get around the corner, you go. Some pretty girl come down the walkway. It's because you got an image problem. It's about right here. You got an image problem. But we are so image conscious conscious in our world today. Teenagers have got to get the newest fad of clothing that comes out. Adults have got to get the newest fad of makeup or, or shoes or whatever that comes out because we are so image conscious. We gotta we gotta look the part. Because we're going to talk the part, even though we're not the part, we'll talk the part and look the part. Come on. I know it's, it's getting quiet. You guys help me out a little bit. Because we're so concerned about our image. Jesus looked at this young man, and if I can paraphrase, he looked at him. And he said, son, I'm proud that you have not committed adultery. Son, I, I applaud you because you have honored your father and mother. I am proud of you for doing that. I am proud of you, son, that, that, that you have not murdered anybody with your mouth or, or anything like that, son. I'm proud that you have not done that. He said, but son, you have come to me today and all the good things that you have done have still not satisfied you. All the good that you've performed and all the good acts that you've done, there is still something that you're not satisfied with yourself because you come looking to me and asking me how that you might have a better quality 
of life. Jesus looked at him and said this, there is one thing that you lack. This is about priorities. One thing that you lack, one thing that you've left behind, one, that, one thing that you're destitute of. He said this. This is where the fuse hit the powder. Go and sell what you've got. Give it to the poor. And come and follow me. Now, a shockwave just went over the house because everybody says, Pastor, are you telling us to sell everything we've got and give it to the poor and just follow Jesus? I don't think that's it at all. I mean, if you want to sell your boat and give me the money off of it, that's fine. I'll pray for you. God bless you. I'll be speaking in tongues all the way to the bank. But I don't think that that's what Jesus was talking about. I believe he did it with this young man because the Bible says he was a rich young ruler. But in dealing with you and I this morning, I believe that what this word is saying is this. What is it in your life that takes priority over your relationship with Jesus? What is it in your life that diverts your attention away from God and away from the things of the kingdom? What is it in your life that at a moment's notice it will take you and turn you in another direction? See, it might be a relationship. What's your name? Ashton. What a beautiful name. Ashton. Could be a relationship. It could be somebody that has that has walked into your life. That priority has been set on them. And you're forgetting about what God has said. See, Jesus said this. He looked at him and said, go and sell what, you've ha what you have and give it to the poor. And what he was doing was, I'm getting off of the last five commandments that deal with relationships, horizontal, in horizontal this way. Vertical is up this way. Is that right? 
I didn't do too good in geometrics, geometry. See, what Jesus was saying was take your eyes off of the horizontal. I'm sorry, I'll get over here. And place them on the vertical. Because the vertical, you see, the vertical, when we get the vertical right, the horizontal. That's a word right there. You missed it. I mean, it's very, very, very simple, very plain. But when you get the vertical right, the horizontal will line up. When I get, thou shalt have no other gods before me. When I get that right, That means, Lord, thank you for my car. But I'll give it up in an instant to follow you. Lord, thank you for my golf clubs. But if they get in my way, I'm going to get back over here. Lord, thank you that my son has got promised to be a major league baseball player. But, Coach, I'm telling you, mm -mm -mm. if you get in the way of my worship, my children's worship on Sunday morning, I know all y'all clapping because you ain't got no kids in sports. Those of you that, that's not clapping and looking at me funny, you got kids in sports. I hear it all the time. Well, them coaches got to where they want to practice on Wednesday night, Wednesday evening. Did you read between the lines on that? See, I, I'm not bashing anybody, but I'm telling you, if your child didn't show up and your neighbor's child didn't show up and there wasn't enough to make a team, I guarantee you they'd make some changes. Can I, listen, listen, and I'm saying this out of love, but I'm saying this, guys, priority. Because what you prioritize in your life, mm-mm-mm, your children will prioritize in their life. What you put first in your life, I guarantee you that your children will put first in their lives. And I know I'm, I got off on this rabbit trail, so I'm going to just stay over here. But I'm telling you that that's what I believe that Jesus was looking at this young man and saying this, you need to prioritize because what is holding you back 
is laying down there at First National Bank. If you break the chain from that, you can come and follow me. See, it's about priority. Why do I always drift over here? Because I'm talking to Patrick, I guess. See, and, and listen, I want to just kind of put a, put a plug there. There's, I love sports. I love going and watching my grandkids play baseball and softball. I love that. My children did it. I loved, I loved that. Have nothing against that. But also recognize that there has to be priorities. And we always worked with the coaches to the very best of our ability. But there were times that I had to go and sit down with the coach and say, look, thank you for what you're doing, but we can't do this. It's priorities. It's priorities. And while I'm, while I'm here and while I've already dug this hole, I'm going to just get down in it, okay? And you can cover me up. You see, Sunday mornings are priorities. Kingdom things are priorities. Why? Because I recognize there's a blessing that's in kingdom priority. There's a blessing that follows those who establish kingdom priority in their lives. So I believe that's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, son, you're a good person. You're a really good person. But it's that one thing in your life that, that, that is robbing you of having that complete peace in your heart. It's that one area of your life that is holding you back from being able to say, I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender. Everything that I have, I've given to you, Father. Everything that I own, I hold it with open hands. I hold nothing with a clenched fist because everything that I've got, I would willingly lay it down for the cause of the gospel because I know this, that at the end of the day, the greatest thing that can ever be known in my life is that he held nothing back. He laid it all on the altar. Worship team, can you come? Years ago, years and years ago, long time ago, 
when we first started building our family. There was an area in my life that the enemy was always hitting me with. And that area was this, that I was always fearful of something happening to one of my children, one of my babies, one of my girls. And it got to the place that every time I would pray, that would come up. Even to the point that I was reluctant to say, God, here they are. They belong to you. Because of that fear. Because some way the enemy had twisted my idea of God to get me to think that if I release them to God, something might happen. I don't know if, if all young parents go through this or not. But I know the worry that a mom and dad deals with when it comes to their children. We worry about them when they're not within our reach. We worry about them when they get out of our sight. We worry about them when they go to school. And that became something that, that every time I would start to pray, that fear would rise up. That worry would rise up. And I recognized that it was hindering my ability to pray in faith. And so I just began to, to study, and I began to look at it, and I said, God, you've given me and Judy, this child, these children. You blessed us. You blessed us to have them. You are all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-seeing. You're not a God of fear. You don't give me fear and you don't give me worry. And you don't put stress in my life about my children. So, Father, I release this to you. I release my daughters into your hands. And I thank you, Father, that you will bless them coming in, going out, lying down, getting up. You're going to bless them. So what I did was I transferred my children from the horizontal to the vertical. They belong to Him. 
and I think he's done a pretty good job so far. Here's the thing, guys. Some of you in here are not far away from walking in that joy and peace. But God is saying there's, there's this little thing, this little area that's holding you back. Jesus is saying today, won't you lay it all down? Lay it all down and come and follow me. Just establish that that priority. Lord, from from here on, it's Jesus. I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to follow a man. I'm not going to follow a religion. I'm not going to follow a doctrine. I'm not going to follow a tradition. But I'm just going to follow Jesus. I'm going to fall in love with him. And I'm going to serve him. And I'm going to love him. And everything that I've got power over, I'm going to commit it to him.